0: It's the spring of 2015, and a high-ranking executive at a multi-billion-dollar company is sitting at their desk when an email comes in. It's from the newly appointed company's CEO. The executive immediately stops what they're doing and opens it. It's asking for a payment to be sent to one of their suppliers. A payment of $3 million. And the CEO has directed the executive to transfer it to a bank in Wenzhou a vibrant city on the east coast of China. Now, even to a multinational corporation, $3 million is nothing to sneeze at. And as a safety protocol, payments this large require authorization from two high-level managers. In this case, the first authorization would come from the CEO, the person who sent the email. And the second authorization would be from the executive who now finds themselves looking at their screen trying to decide what to do. The request from the CEO seemed legit, and so they go ahead and make the transfer. And then they go on with their day. But something about the way this whole thing happened nags at them. And several hours later, they reach out to the CEO to report that the money had been sent, only to find out that that email wasn't sent by the CEO. In fact, no one knows who sent it. And the $3 million, it was long gone. That scene was inspired by some reporting done by the Associated Press who broke the story of a hacker or hackers who managed to get inside the network of the multinational toy company Mattel and then spent time there studying the inner workings of the company with the goal of trying to spot a weakness which they did a weakness worth approximately $3 million and as a happy postscript to all of this through a mix of dumb luck and quick action Mattel was miraculously able to get their money back. The hackers' fatal flaw was that they pulled this scam on the eve of a Chinese holiday when the banks were closed, meaning the criminals couldn't claim their money right away. So Mattel was very, very lucky. But the whole thing certainly shook up the corporate community because this attack was one that even the best firewalls aren't that great at preventing. This was a phishing attack, and its way in was through targeting the absolutely weakest part of any network, the human beings that use it. Phishing scams have reached a level of sophistication that can boggle the mind with their criminal level cunning and evil genius. And today on the show, we are taking a deep dive into phishing and we're gonna see exactly how phishing works from the hacker's perspective. And then we're gonna try and cast our own fishing line out there to see how hard it really is To reel in the big one. Welcome to Hackable, an original podcast from McAfee.
1: This computer is on the job around the clock in case of attack.
2: Their principal target is you.
1: The design is complete, but will it work?
2: Shake hands with danger.
0: I'm Jeff Siskin, and I'm joined, as always, with
3: Bruce, the big
0: dog, Snell. Bruce. How are you doing? <laughs> Good.
3: Uh, that seem, for some reason that seems like a very nineties throwback nickname. But
0: it seems like if you were an FM uh, morning zoo kind of DJ.
3: <laughs> Welcome to the zoo. Ninety-eight point three FM.
0: The big dog and the and the hacker. I don't. know. That's, that's, that would be the worst morning show ever. Uh, how are you
3: doing, hacker. Bruce Snell? Good. How are you, Jeff?
0: System? I'm doing. I'm doing well. Um, I don't know if I mentioned you're also a cybersecurity expert. If I didn't, yeah, I'm going to mention I, that now. People say that. Um, People say that, Uh, and today we are doing something a little bit different Mm -hmm. that I am totally uh, looking forward to. Uh, You are going to take me behind the scenes of a phishing
3: scam. Right. We talk a lot about phishing and about things that you should be aware of, but I thought it'd be kind of fun to take a look at, you know, how does one go about phishing? What do the the attackers do to, to craft that phishing attempt?
0: So I assume many people probably know what phishing is. But just in case you're new to the term phishing, what is phishing, Bruce?
3: So phishing is a way of create crafting an email or a social media message or some sort of communication that tricks the recipient into clicking on a malicious link or opening a malicious attachment with the end result being that you will infect their computer with some sort of nastiness. Okay, so
0: a company you might expect a legitimate email from is PayPal, the online paying company. And that's what happened to our very own story producer, Pedro Mendez, who was targeted in a phishing attempt from what he thought was PayPal. Uh, Have a listen to this, Bruce.
2: I'm a bit of a watch collector, which means sometimes I'll sell off an old watch to make room for a new watch. Anyway... A few weeks ago, I posted a watch on Kijiji for about 500 bucks. A couple hours after posting, I get this response from someone named Mike.
4: I agree on the price of the item and the current condition, and am willing to offer you $700 for the payment and $75 for shipping.
2: Wow, this guy really wants this watch. So I quickly email him back with my PayPal email address, thinking I have scored big. A few minutes later, I receive an email from the buyer whose name is now Matija.
4: Hello. Did you get the payment yet? Are you Pedro Mendez? Where are you sending the wristwatch?
2: I chalk up all these questions to the excitement of a watch collector. But the problem was I kept checking my PayPal and no money. Then I get an email from PayPal saying that I had received payment from Matija via their merchandise payment service. I had never heard of such a thing. Problem is though, all of this was happening on my phone while I was at my son's soccer practice, so I wasn't paying 100% attention. Meanwhile, the guy keeps assuring me I'll get the money once I ship the watch, which sounds just a bit suspicious. Then he sends me this.
4: I wish I could come and personally inspect it and pay cash, but I'm currently indisposed due to my job commitments as I am working on a rig in the Tasman presently, which is the same reason I am paying through PayPal.
2: This sets off all kinds of alarms. First of all, what? A rig in the Tasman? Okay, I've since checked and the Tasman Sea is a real thing. It's a section of the Pacific Ocean between Australia and Tasmania and there are about two dozen oil rigs out there, but seriously. Plus, what does all this have to do with not paying me up front like every other online sale I've ever done? I email the guy to say once again, sorry, I'm not shipping until I receive the money. At this point, He brings out the big guns. PayPal sends me another email.
4: PayPal hardly advises you to complete the transaction, as we have already retrieved all your personal details, and we have informed the FBI and Interpol for the violating of the United States PayPal in Texas Instructions and Users Agreement Act of the 1999 law in collaboration with the World Law Enforcement Agency.
2: I don't even know where to begin. But as much as I know this is a scam... I'm getting nervous because the guy has my home email address, and I know that just with my email, he could make my life miserable. As I do more research, I find dozens of posts about this exact scam. It turns out that if you do ship the item and try to log into the fake PayPal link to get your money, it doesn't work, of course. In the meantime, the scammer has your login info and can go in and clean out your bank account. The funny part, though, are the excuses the scammers give for not being able to pick up the item in person. The best one I found, and this trumps even my dude on the oil rig, is the scammer who claimed he couldn't meet the seller because he was presently in the Mediterranean Ocean on a submarine. So, I finally email the guy back saying I've contacted PayPal and they've advised me not to accept this payment process. My inbox is silent for a few minutes, And then I get this from the scammer.
4: What do you mean?
2: I don't respond. And to this day, I've never heard back from the guy. Oh, and I did end up selling the watch to a real collector. But for a lot less money.
0: Our story producer, Pedro Mendez there, narrowly avoiding a phishing scam. But Bruce... When I think about phishing emails like that, like we laugh at them because they're ridiculous. Uh-huh. And and I'm and I know I'm being naive because mm-hmm. I know that there are more sophisticated and less sophisticated. But it, like in generally speaking, is phishing in this day and age still worth doing? Is it is it still getting the the click-through rates that it once
3: did? Yeah, it's it's a huge numbers game, right? Because um you're either gonna be just doing kind of general phishing, right? Like casting your net as wide as possible to try and get as many people as you can to click on the link, or you're going to be doing more targeting fishing, which is often referred to as spear fishing, Um okay. to target a specific individual.
0: So I'm excited to get into this. So today uh-huh. uh, you and I are going to, we're going to fish somebody. We're going to spear fish somebody. Mm-hmm. What, what are we going to do? We're
3: going to be doing some spear fishing. Arr. Okay. Uh, and we're going to take our, our favorite target. Uh, Mr. Pedro,
0: <laughs> that is a fantastic idea.
3: And see what we can do to to craft an email or two uh, that's going to let us get into to Pedro's computer. Okay,
0: I am going to say off the off the top of my head, though. Well, let's see how it goes, Pedro might be an easy target <laughs> because uh well i don't know i could be wrong let's let's see how it, let's see how it goes
3: okay who's gonna be harder would it would it do you think you would be easier or harder than you to 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 fish
0: oh i think i think i would be much more difficult because i think okay. like through doing this program i've become like crazy paranoid and okay you know i even get you know stuff forging by other people who are like is this real and it's like no it's it's not real don't <laughs> <laughs> Don't open that. So I'm, I'm like crazy paranoid about anything that comes in. So good, I think good, good. at this point, uh, I would say with great uh, conviction,
3: uh, Pedro is the easier target, which might just <laughs>
0: make make this more a lot more fun.
3: So if we if we look at it, I mean Pedro um, by his nature, I mean what he does. I mean he's a story producer. He does a lot of radio. Does a lot of he. You, know, you know, I think he just signed a book deal recently. So he does a lot of stuff online. So he has a fairly large online presence, yeah. Which actually ends up making it a little bit easier to start trying to craft an email um, that will that will get in and, and kind of uh, be enticing for him to to click on.
0: So are you you're cyber stalking him to use information to to
3: get in his head a little bit? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Um, and and this is this is one of those weird things that I don't like to admit. Uh, a lot, but I, I kind of feel like everybody has a hack, right? I think you know, just like you know, most most applications or most computers out there, there's some way to get into it. I think people are like that as well. I think okay. there's I think there's a way for every individual that you can say something or present information in a right way that will get them to go ahead and and accept that and, and click through. And okay, so, and and that's what we kind of have to look at. Um, so with Pedro. I had no idea before I started doing this research that Pedro is is quite the uh, the clothing aficionado. <laughs> Pedro, for for anybody that
0: doesn't know him, he is a a men's fashion enthusiast uh, expert. Uh, he is the fanciest man. Uh, <laughs> it's it's quite it's really it's truly is uh, quite amazing. That's fantastic.
3: Um, and I, I have to admit, I was very impressed looking through his website, uh, with you know some of the some of the clothing choices that he's that he's made. I don't know that I could pull them off, but he he certainly pulls them off with a plume.
0: He certainly does, and I think you're underselling yourself, Bruce. <laughs> yeah,
3: <laughs> as I'm wearing my Star Wars T-shirt as we're talking here. <laughs> there you go, Pedro uh, would be horrified. Okay, so
0: you know you know that Pedro is is a fancy dresser. Uh, yeah. So what do you do with that information?
3: So there's a couple things. I mean, I actually looked at his website, um, and Pedro is very helpful on his website. Um, So one of the things that I really liked was the ask Pedro category. (laughs) Yes. Um, He's got a lot of, you know, a lot of advice about what to wear when. Um, So for this made me think because I was in, I was at a, a a business function recently where I had to wear cocktail attire and I had no idea what cocktail attire was. Uh, I thought it would actually be good to take, you know, take Pedro on his uh, on his word and, and ask Pedro. So what I'm gonna do is uh, take a couple pictures yep. and then use um, a tool that I have here um, part of the social engineering toolkit um, uh, and take that take that picture and basically impregnate it with a, a piece of malware. <laughs> right? okay so um, it's technically it's called steganography right where you, okay. you hide information in you know something else uh you know we always think back to Mr Robot and you know how he was hiding the information on the CDs that he was burning yeah um similar approach right you're taking uh, a a virus and in this case it's a it's a a, a remote access tool yeah um, which we've talked about in the past and putting it inside a picture
0: so so this will be a picture that will be sent to pedro it'll appear like a JPEG or whatever mm-hmm. format, he'll open it. Will he get the picture?
3: Yes, absolutely. The picture will be there, but in the background, the remote access tool will be installing.
0: I'm not going to ask you why or where you get these from, but that's
3: amazing. Uh, oh, yeah, amazing. you shouldn't. You shouldn't. Okay. Um,
0: <laughs> Good. Some guy in an alleyway. Yeah, people
3: send me things. Yeah. Um, but the thing is, and and this is always the trick with with any sort of hack, is that you never know if it's going to actually work, right? If If one of these exploits... Um, maybe has been patched or isn't necessarily applicable for his computer. Um, so you can't just send one and and hope that that's going to work. So I'd actually, will have to craft a few different emails um, from different people with with related questions, right? Um, okay. You know, different types of questions, like, oh, what do you think of this outfit? Um, and of course, you know, I'd need to send them not all at once, right? Because that would look very suspicious. Yes. Um and we're gonna see, kind of see what hits, and see how okay. we can get a hold of com- Pedro's computer.
0: So you're gonna do that over the next couple of days. Yeah, is that how yeah. Works?
3: I think I'll I'll send a couple out uh, today, maybe another one tomorrow, and just kind of spread them out a little bit so that it takes a little bit of time to, uh, you know, so he doesn't is he's not getting barraged by a bunch of emails with attachments.
0: Excellent. I am uh, I am looking forward to seeing uh, what <laughs> happens, and I'm looking forward to catching up with you in a couple of days. And then in the meantime, I want to play you while you're getting your head into how to be an evil person. Uh-huh. I had a conversation recently with a guy who was given the title by the United States Secret Service as the original internet godfather. His nice. name is Brett Johnson, mm. and he basically created... Online scams and ran uh, a cybercrime community called Shadow Crew, which is uh-huh. basically the precursor to the dark web. Uh, he was on the United States' most wanted list. Uh, and, you know, a lot of these things we're talking about now, for better or worse, were kind of started by Brett. Right. So I was very intrigued to talk to him. Brett uh, now has turned to the side of good mm-hmm. and and works as a consultant and a
3: keynote speaker. Sounds really cool. I'm looking forward to that.
0: Okay, so I, w- I want to play that for you now, and I will,
1: uh, I will also catch up with you uh, in a couple days. Okay, great. Cybercrime would really not be successful if it were not for social engineering. Without social engineering, cybercrime pretty much fell, falls on its face. Now, so what do cybercriminals look for? There are typically four things. or four things a social engineer looks for, and that is information, access, data or cash. So if you've got someone that's trying to scam you, they're going to get one of those four things. Does phishing work? Phishing is extremely successful. So if you look at the, at the stats of phishing, 92% of every single breach begins with a phishing attack. And the reason for that is, and I'm, I'm somewhat skilled as an attacker, but I'm very skilled as a social engineer. So why would I potentially spend years trying to fight my way through an industrial firewall when the only thing I need to do is email someone behind that firewall and get the exact same access? If you look at spear phishing, some, some stats on spear phishing have it at over 80% successful. Wow.
0: As somebody who has you know your ear to the ground of, of what's, what the trends are now, what's, sure. what, what, what is a successful phishing scam that's working now?
1: So what's working now is is this whole idea of credential stuffing. And what I mean by that is someone gathers your credentials up and then they start plugging it into different logins, different bank sites, credit card sites, or merchant merchant accounts, everything else. The way that works. So I can send out a phishing email all day long that looks like it comes from, say, Bank of America. And your level of awareness, because phishing is so prevalent, your level of awareness may be high enough that you sit there and say, you know what? That is obviously a phishing email. There's no way in hell I'm going to fall for that. So you forget about it. But say I send out a phishing email that comes from Hulu or one of the dating sites or something like that. Is your level of awareness going to be as high? Absolutely not, because you're not you you don't have in your head that that's an area of compromise. But here's what I know as an attacker. I know as an attacker that over 80% of every single person on the planet uses the same password and login for multiple websites. So I send out a Hulu phishing email. You fall for that, you enter your credentials in. That night, it's an automated program. I go to sleep, I just have a list of sites that I'm gonna plug all those credentials in to see what works. The next day I wake up, I've got access because you've used the same password and login, I've got access to your bank account, credit card statements, tax portfolio, anything else that I need. And from that point, I just build an identity profile on you so I can take over those accounts and start to victimize you from then on. (laughs) That is terrifyingly simple. Uh, It's very simple. And that's the big thing is cybercrime is not rocket science. You know, we have this idea that attackers are these upper tier computer hackers able to break into any type of computer system they want. Those attackers are out there, but the numbers, the numbers are extremely small. The, the majority, 99%, they're just very good social engineers. They know what it takes to get someone to give up information, access, data, cash.
0: When you were engaged in this kind of stuff, mm-hmm. did you ever think about the people
1: at the other end of the scam? Oh, no, no. And, and here's the problem. Um, it took me about two and a half years to realize that the reason I was in prison was because I put myself in prison. And I had justified my crimes the entire time because either you're either a sociopath or you have to find some justification for why you're able to victimize people. My justification was, oh, I did it for my family, for my wife, for my sister, for my stripper girlfriend. And I believed those justifications because you have to believe those. It took two and a half years in prison for me to get to the point of saying, you know, no, no, I chose to hurt people because I, I just decided to do that. Uh, there was nothing beneficial at all in, in anything that I did. Some of the worst stuff, you know, I got to the point, and most people that are criminals do the same thing. They get to the point where they're stealing so much money that they think that they're good guys. They think they're basically Robin Hood. So they'll hear some, if I, if I stole money from someone and I heard a sad enough story, I would give their money back because I'm not an evil person. But I was, I was just a, a despicable human being. Uh, some of the victims that I had, there was a woman, single parent, and it didn't even happen when I was a beginning criminal. It happened toward the late, the last days before I was arrested. But there was a single parent lady on eBay. She had a coin collection that she was selling to put a house, uh, put a roof on her house for her and her kids. I stole that from her.
0: I, I guess when, you know, when you think back today at what you did, like how, you know, and, and this sounds trite and it may also sound harsh and you sound, sure. you, you know, you see, I, I, I appreciate your time, but like, like, how does that sit with you?
1: it doesn't. It doesn't. Um, there is nothing that I can do that will ever make amends for those actions. Never. Um, what I can do now is I can make sure that my choices now are um are healthy, good choices, that I that I work to benefit people instead of hurt people. But all that all that crime from 10 years old through, you know, 30s, mid to late 30s, all that crime, there's nothing that I can do that's going to make amends for that. You know, I'm I'm repaying the funds that I stole, stuff like that. But um you know the problem is is I'm I'm 49 now. It took 40 some years for me to get to the point of saying, you know, I was an SOB. I was just just a bad guy. And honestly, the only reason that I'm here talking to you today and not serving 20 years in prison is people reached out that had no reason to reach out at all. And took me under their wing and gave me a chance to use that knowledge I've acquired as a lifelong criminal to do good instead of bad you know it was uh, my turnaround was because of my sister my wife Michelle the FBI they step in and help me from there groups like Microsoft they come in Card Not Present Group Identity Theft Council AARP all these groups and even today all these groups give me a chance to use the knowledge I've got to to do good instead of bad and you know I'm from for a guy that That certainly doesn't deserve it. I am damn grateful for it, and not about to uh, to forsake the opportunity that's been given to me.
0: Bruce Snell, it is. uh, It's been about a week since we uh, spoke last. Yeah, I Uh, have six days. I have changed my shirt. You have changed your (laughs) shirt. Drew will be happy. Hopefully, multiple times (laughs) uh, in that uh, in that ensuing six days. Um, when we last spoke, you were on a, a, a spearfishing mission. Arr, uh-huh. I have been very curious and I've also, I've <laughs> had, I've had spent many days, uh, in this same time with Pedro and every time he opens an email, I'm like, is that the one, is that the one? yeah, <laughs> uh, ha- it hasn't been in my presence nor has he mentioned anything suspicious. Right. So I, and I haven't spoken to you. So I'm very curious from your perspective, what's been going on.
3: Yes, yeah, so well, for one, Pedro did have very good advice about um how I could adjust the the attire to fit a cocktail party Very uh, so was, was it
0: to wear a cravat <laughs>
3: <laughs> A pocket square was mentioned
0: a pocket square yeah, very good.
3: yeah, uh, but that that email actually the the one with the asking for the the dress advice um the the malware didn't work on that one. Uh, oh. But one of the other ones I did send actually did take a, take effect, and we were able to to get into Pedro's system. Okay. Um, this is that's amazing. So, I'm so I'm so
0: like I'm actually you can't see it because it's audio, but I have a I'm, I'm a beaming smile because I'm, I'm just so, I'm enjoying not being the
3: uh the 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 pawn here in this game. So, so what, what
0: so what 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 happened with Pedro's system? What so you, what
3: we what I basically installed a, a remote access tool, uh, which okay. you know we we've gone over in the past. Um, and actually, why don't I just go ahead and share? Um, my screen with you so you can take a look yeah. at the remote access tool. And um, just to be clear, remote access tool, it's, it's a tool that is, like it says, it, it makes that you can
0: remotely control his computer to do
3: Yeah, stuff. and it's in that okay. gray area where, you know, a lot, of, um, a lot of security tools ignore them because people use remote access tools to actually do legitimate work. Yeah. Um, so it's, 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 a, it's a difficult thing to detect so yeah so as you can see the you know the remote access tool has a lot of you know a lot of fun features and you know we went into detail on these in the, in the past episode so I I'll, I'll spare the, the the grand tour uh, but the one I want you to take a look at is the let's take a look at the the file viewer
0: okay so right. you are you are just uh, we are recording this remotely and you are thousands of miles away from me but sharing your screen with me and yep. so I'm looking.
3: At your screen, and it looks like a you know Windows file viewer, right? So now go ahead and and let's go here. I'll show you. I'll navigate to the the desktop. This is usually okay. a, kind of an easy way to to uh, yeah to take a look. So take a look at the files on on the desktop.
0: Yeah. So these are all the files I guess that are on Pedro's desktop. Yeah. Uh, so you have things like uh, you have his documents, you have uh, his expenses. Um, you know uh you have a few uh photographs you have these things are like similar to what I would have uh-huh. uh you know I get I guess everybody has these kinds of things on their desktop so yeah
3: let's let's take a look you know just for sake of argument let's take a look at these pictures and so I'll, I'll okay just now on, before
0: before we do, I don't know if you've looked at these I like what I don't I don't I don't know because I'm just drawing a weird line in the sand in some ways I don't mind that we've hacked Pedro, but I don't want to invade his privacy.
3: By looking at pictures, I, look at. I will guarantee that we do not invade Pedro's privacy. On by looking, you at can this promise picture. me that I one hundred percent promise you. Okay. And what do you what do you see in this picture? Well,
0: I see my well, what looks like my dog. Which seems like a weird <laughs> did I send Pedro a picture of my dog? Perhaps. That why would Pedro have a picture of my dog on his desktop? Did that's you find weird. were there were there more pictures of my dog? Yeah, click the let's let's open the next one. Oh, that's my dog and my son.
3: Is Pedro that, has Pedro been spying on you?
0: I don't know what this is.
3: <laughs>
0: what like hmm do you did you find anything that would explain why it so has
3: J- So J- Jeff um so let's take a look <laughs> in the file viewer. Let's go through here and go to or in the hard drive name. And what do we see? What's happening? So it 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 says it says
0: Jeff's it says Jeff's PC.
3: Yeah, so so Jeff you know how I like hack heist movies and you know, Pulp Fiction and things that have that kind of flashback to what actually happened.
0: I am, but I'm feeling like I don't
3: like those things. <laughs> so, <laughs> what happened, Bruce? So let's let's take a step back a couple days. Um, uh, maybe we can maybe we can post in some Scooby Doo music as we we flashback. Uh, that um, sounds like too fun for what we're about to talk about. What so, happened? So Jeff, let's take a look at, in your inbox. Um, you should have a script that Pedro sent you. Um, over to review.
0: I have thousands of those. All right, Hold on. So I can open, let me open my email.
3: Hold on. Uh, let's just say okay. last Wednesday around 12.32 p.m.
0: Okay. Uh, there's a 12.32 Yeah, Pedro. Uh, can you take a look at these for the story? Uh, yeah.
3: Scroll down to the last page. It should be blank. Yeah. Now highlight the entire page. I'm... Ha-
0: it's, it's, what is, it? it's like, um, I don't know, it's like, so I'm highlighting the, the blank page and it's like, like, I guess, a, ASCII are am I even pronouncing that right? Yep, ASCII art. Of, ASCII art of like a skull and crossbow. <laughs> Was that, no. Yeah. So. Oh, come on. <laughs> so
3: I did get into Pedro's computer. Did you pretend um, to be Pedro? No, you got into Pedro. I okay. got into Pedro's computer. And then looked at the types of things you and, you guys send back and forth. Because this was email. a real script that Pedro... So I took that script, added the same <sighs> malware to that script that I used to get into Pedro's computer. Okay. And then fine. had Pedro send it to you.
0: Bruce so what 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 does this mean?
3: So, the lesson here so this, this is, the, <laughs> <laughs> this, is the
0: this is the educational part of ruining my life. Yes, yeah, so, I think is what this is. So
3: this is what happens a lot, right? So a, a lot of times when you're looking at you know specifically a spearfishing campaign, um, a, a, a cyber criminal is going to take a you know, pick the primary target, but then also look at secondary and tertiary targets that they can attack as well. Right, okay. because if you got an email from, especially you, who you know by this point and you know after numerous seasons of this this podcast, are a bit paranoid, right? Yeah. So if you saw a random email with an attachment coming through, you would probably would not click on that. Yes. Right. But I suspected that Pedro was probably a bit easier to get into, um, and so I decided to infect him first and then use him as my my pathway to get into you.
0: Okay, that um
3: I'm having two
0: emotions going on right now. <laughs> the first emotion is just rage, but the second emotion may be more helpful in this context, which is mad respect that's actually as horrible as it is, that's actually kind of brilliant and and I actually like that i I suspected nothing, yeah, because this is something I get a bazillion times a day, yeah. Uh, and so you got me and I didn't even know that I was a target.
3: Yeah. And there there have been numerous um campaigns that have run or cyber cybercrime campaigns that have run that that take this sort of tact. Um, okay. where let's say they're attacking they want to attack an industrial manufacturer. So then instead of attacking this part, this this manufacturer that's very secure and very well, you know, protected. They'll attack, you know, like an industry forum, right, where the the users from that company would typically go to, you know, share information with others or look up more information about, you know, aluminum extruding, extruding or something like that, and attack those tertiary targets in hoping that the the people from their primary targets will go to those sites and then in turn get infected, and it's typically called like a watering hole attack, right? So if you think about a watering hole in the desert where where the, all the animals come up to to gather, um, it's the same sort of thing. Where you attack a target that's less defended, in hopes that you your primary target will actually go to that site and then in turn get infected.
0: <sighs> um, all that's very nice, and I'm also totally <laughs> devastated. So how? So so what do you? Here's my my real questions for you, Bruce. Is uh-huh. what do you have? control over other than my
3: desktop and my photographs and how do i get you out of my
0: life <laughs> not out of my life per se but out of my computer
3: <laughs> well it just i mean like i said it's just a you know a remote access tools installed it's actually very very benign okay. um and it, it's you know I'll, I'll clean it out don't worry i don't i'm speechless i am speechless <laughs> so so what, I, <laughs> so what do we do so what do we
0: do i guess i guess this is the point bruce snell what do we do to protect ourselves from things like this
3: um you know it is it is very um, it can be very difficult, right especially if someone is intentionally targeting you right so the majority of the spam and the majority of the phishing is pretty easy to detect, but this is where it starts getting more difficult when you know somebody is specifically targeting you right um and when when that happens i mean i think really the only defense against these sort of things is to again make sure you are completely patched right make sure that your system is up to date um make sure you're running security software you know antivirus um anti spam things like that um on your system but again like i you know as as we saw here um although to be fair pedro did need to do some updates, which is how I ended up getting in. Um, So, you know, make sure you turn on automatic updates.
0: All right. Well, we're going to put up all this advice on our website, hackablepodcast.com. And we are also totally excited to be able to say this, but while you're at our website, we also have a free gift there for our awesome Hackable listeners. For the first 1,000 people who go to the special page we've set up, which is hackablepodcast.com slash gift. McAfee, the company that produces this podcast, has generously offered to give away free VPN access for an entire year through their awesome app, McAfee Safe Connect. I use VPN when I'm out in the world as a way to safeguard my privacy whenever I connect to any public hotspot because it works and it's just a smart thing to do. And if you don't already have a VPN, you should try one. And this is a great opportunity because it's free for an entire year with no strings attached. Again, all you have to do is be one of the first 1,000 people who sign up for it at hackablepodcast.com slash gift. It's limited to one redemption per email per household and is only available where Safe Connect is sold. So free VPN, happy holidays. Uh, Speaking of which, with the holidays fast approaching, this will be the last episode of Hackable for the season, but we will be back with new shows in the new year. Until then. Hello? Pedro? Hey, it's uh, it's Jeff, and I'm here with uh, with Bruce. Hey, Pedro. What's going on? Am I in trouble? Uh, no, you're not in trouble. But uh, Bruce has something he'd like to tell you.
3: Yeah, I just wanted to let you know that one. Love your website, um, and I just would like to let you know that that Jeff did use a lot of information on that website to to launch a malicious attack against you.
0: Hey, hey, Pedro, it's Jeff. I just want to let you know that I did not do that and that it was entirely Bruce. And I was like, Bruce, don't do that. That is not uh, That is not right. That is not uh, fair. I, that is not...
2: I, I don't believe you. I don't believe you. I think this is all you're doing. Why would you, Jeff, why would you do this? <laughs>
0: uh, sorry, Pedro, I can't... The phone is... The, the line is cracking up. I can't... No, it isn't. no
2: I can't, it isn't. I can't... I can't hear you perfectly. What? What's up? <laughs>